Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ana Perez World. This is my Woman in Tech series, and uh, we're on episode five. And today I'm super excited because we are going to be talking to the VP of Sales at Site Tracker. Her name is Irene Schur. I met her not too long ago at a very uh, cool tech conference that Jamie Scoto did, and uh, we immediately had a connection. So uh, I'm super excited about this interview, and I'm sure she's got a lot of great advice for a lot of young women and men. So here we go. Hello, Irene. How are you? And welcome to Ana Perez World Podcast. Hi. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Good, good. Um, so in our special Women in Tech, I wanted to interview you so you could tell everybody about your experience, especially uh, young women that are trying to get into the world of tech. Um, so tell me a little bit about your background. So um, I think I would probably say that I got into tech by accident. Um, I went to school for environmental studies and science and economics, and then I did a master's of environmental management. And um, coming out of that, I was really interested in working for a company, so in the private sector, but that had a double bottom line and wanted to, you know, a company that was trying to do something um, that would have a positive impact on the natural environment. And I ended up working for a company called Opower that was doing that, but with a software product. So, um, you know, I, I was looking at all sorts of other kinds of companies that weren't necessarily, um, but happened to choose this one. It seems like the most exciting group of people in the most innovative way or approach to solving a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think I, I feel really fortunate that that's what I ended up choosing because now I see myself in tech for the long term. Um, well, but I was at Opower. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to interrupt you because it just shows how tech is just evolving and it's it's going to practically be in, in in every industry. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's it's ubiquitous for, you know, no matter what you're interested in, you know, there is definitely a way to be involved with tech. It's like the gas and oil. It's been a little bit hard for them to accept it, but it's coming in with a bang, and it's saving a lot of people mm-hmm. a lot of money. So they, they're getting there. I think they're finally getting on the on the boat on that one. But um, Irene, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I just wanted to say that. But go ahead. Yeah. No. Of course. Well, the only other thing I was going to say was that I I spent about seven years at O Power. Um, there were, I had, I had many career growth opportunities while I was there. Uh, I started out as an account manager, grew into a sales role and then grew into a sales leadership role. Mm -hmm. Um, seven years in, we were acquired by Oracle. So I spent about a year with them as well in their utilities division. Mm -hmm. Um, but at that point I started to look for sort of the younger, fresher company to go start building something from the ground up again. And that's how I came to site tracker which is the company that I'm at now and the reason that you and I met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Um, it was amazing. You, uh, you were there. You were one of the young women there. And um, it was very, uh, it was really interesting, the, the conference. And remember Amy when she was on one of the panels? I, uh, remind me which company she was with. She was with Excite. She does data centers. Uh, yes, 
yes, I remember Amy. She was. Uh, she spoke about uh, how they're, they're, we needed more diversity in the tech industry, and and it was really interesting because when she said, you know, there's not a lot of women here, and I and I looked around the room and I said, oh, well, there's one, <laughs> and it was you, but we hadn't met yet, and uh, it was really interesting uh, what she had to say. I don't. I don't. Uh, I did a podcast with her before you. Her she was last week's one, and she's really interested. She's she just has so much to say. Um, but give me an example of how you decided to uh, get put your put your energy into the tech industry. Well, I think you know, as I was saying, when I came to Oak, or it was a it was sort of a happy accident that I ended up in tech, but what I really loved about it was the pace at which it moves. Um, you know, by no means is it an industry where people from all backgrounds have equal opportunity, but it did feel a little bit more like a meritocracy than some in other industries, at least the company that I was at. I felt like if I proved myself, you know, I had no limits on where I could go with my career. Um, and I think, you know, there's it's just also an industry where there's, people are constantly innovating. And so there's always fresh new ideas. And so I saw a long-term fit for myself in this, in this industry, because, you know, I, even though I can move from company, I can always still be really interested in, you know, in whatever I'm doing. Right. It wouldn't it be amazing if everybody knew beforehand, if it was a great company built on meritoc- meritocracy yeah. and not <laughs> other things. Yeah. I think that's, that's amazing. And uh, well, today it's you can go on. To, hard to tell. Yeah. Today you can go on some sites and some sites will give you kind of the nitty gritty of the companies. But I think that's awesome that you had uh, the, the privilege to get into a company where they actually saw, you know, your hard work and, and that's how you got ahead because a lot of people, well, they're looked over, you know. Um, right, but- right. Yeah, in some ways, um, in my current role, the leadership's willingness to bring me on to run the sales team was the test in and of itself of whether or not, you know, gender was going to be an inhibitor for me. So I think, you know, I did interview for this similar role at other companies and didn't get it. And in every one of those cases, that was with a almost exclusively white male leadership team. Um, so not to say that site tracker looked so different when I came, but the fact that they were excited to offer the opportunity to me, let me know that they were different. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I do think a really good indicator when you want to choose a company is look and see if there are women on the leadership team. Right. Um, I, I definitely think that's a good indicator of whether or not it's going to be a good place, at least for gender diversity um, and opportunity for women. Well, I think more and more everybody is, uh, you know, you need uh, in your, your leading team needs to have diversity. You know, not only women, it has to have people of color. It has to have everybody because you Absolutely. see, you see things uh, from such a different angle. And I think that brings a lot of, um, positive uh, things uh, to the bottom line uh, to companies and you know things are changing and millennials aren't millennials anymore they're they're the ones that are that are growing and buyer and yeah. have such buying power and they're the ones that are making very important decisions today and um you know everybody keeps talking about them and my daughter I have three daughters and they're all millennials and they're 24, 19, and 17, and they're like, Mom, you know, everybody sees millennials as if we're still, you know, these young teens. She's like, we're, you know, we're getting up, we're getting up there. We, we have buying power. Yeah. We, we make decisions Absolutely. now. 
So um, tell us a little bit well, about... And I think you make an interesting, an interesting point there, too, because, um, you know, I think all of the literature and studies say that diversity on a leadership team is important. But in tech, I think it was a little bit undervalued in the past, mostly because of like Peter Thiel and the PayPal mafia and his philosophy that he talks about in zero to one, which is that successful leadership teams building startups are people who come from similar backgrounds and already have close bonds. And I think that that's a really interesting Mm -hmm. thing about kind of the birth of tech, at least, um, you know, tech in Silicon Valley that, for a long time, diversity on management teams was actually undervalued here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that we're kind of working to change, at least in the Bay Area now. Well, that's interesting that you say that because you could, you know, I mean, you had Steve Jobs with his childhood friend that did, you know, their startup and it became Apple. So, uh, yeah, I can right. see how that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but there, yeah, it's, it's really interesting how now it's just completely veering towards you need to have, you know, there's so many, there's women that make decisions and not only decisions in, in big, huge companies, there's moms making decisions every day and they're the ones that actually make the decisions when they're, you know, they're the, they're the head of the household. So there's a lot of right. things going on. But the question I wanted to ask you is, what exactly does Site Tracker do? Yeah, um, absolutely. So Site Tracker is a project and asset management platform. And there's obviously a lot of those out there. So you might ask, why did we build another one? And the reason is most of the project management solutions on the market today are really oriented around solving the problem of building one thing one big project, maybe a skyscraper, a bridge, a power plant, what none of them address or do well is when you have high volumes of more repetitive projects or processes. So um, when you think of telecom, for example, um, every time you build a tower or set up or deploy a new small cell, those are a similar set of steps, even if they might vary a little bit from region to region, you're going to do projects that look like that over and over and over again in many different locations. Mm-hmm. And there's equivalent use cases, not just in telecom, but in retail, in utilities, in smart cities, um, you know, in oil and gas. So there's many industries that have these problems. And today, most of these kinds, most of this kind of work is managed in spreadsheets or occasionally homegrown tools, mm-hmm. uh, just because there wasn't a software solution to to meet the need. So what I always say is it's that high volume and repeatable space where Site Tracker addresses the market and no one else does. Oh, that's that's a differentiator right there. All right. Yeah. That's interesting because a lot of people uh, might not know who Site Tracker is. Um, so how did you? How many companies did you go to before Site Tracker? How many did I interview at? Or, yes. Or yeah, I think you know I must have. Although the, the various interviews got to different, you know, different stages, there were probably about four or five that I seriously considered before mm-hmm. choosing Site Tracker. And you, you say you just moved to California? I'm in the process of it, yes, as we speak. <laughs> um, I still have an apartment in New York for, for a bit, but yeah, I'm making the move out this way. Oh, well, that's going to be a big change. Yeah, absolutely. I've lived here before, but oh, okay. it is a big change from New York. Yeah. And, um, uh, well, you're going to have a, a better winter, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Where did you grow up, Irene? 
I grew up in Seattle, uh, so I'm actually but after going to school on the East Coast, um, I kind of stayed. Oh, you're from Seattle. That's amazing. Did you, I am. Were you growing up in the, in the, well, you must have been a baby with the grunge era, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. My parents were kind of hippies, so, <laughs> you know, that was sort of the era we were always in. I grew up on a little island called Vashon that um, was a lot of artists and, you know, also hippies. So that was sort of the the version of Seattle that I got growing up. Well, that's amazing. And tell me a little, uh, tell me a little bit about that. Um, I grew up actually on an island in the Puget Sound called Vashon. Uh-huh. And like I said, you know, mostly like hippies and artists, um, uh, seasonal community. But the folks that were there year-round, um, it, it, pretty small. I think it was under 10,000 people overall. You had to take a ferry boat on and off of the island. Interestingly, um, you know, I think the biggest impact or influence that that experience had on me is just it was a very green and beautiful island. And I think that is where my concern for the natural environment comes from. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went to school for environmental studies and wanted to go work on tech products that do good for the world. And, you know, it, it might seem like a little bit of a stretch from what I'm motivated by to working at Site Tracker. But for me, Site Tracker is the product that's allowing people to deploy the infrastructure for a cleaner and more sustainable future. Right. Um, so some of it's about connectivity, like for telecom but in the utility space and in smart cities and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a big linkage between a product like ours and making cities greener and more sustainable. So mm-hmm. um, you know, that's kind of the influence from my early childhood that still impacts me now. Well, that's amazing. So you, you uh, helping cities may be a little bit more smarter, which is always good for everybody. Right. Um, and tell me, you, you're a leader, obviously. You have your, you're the VP of sales. What do you think are three qualities that a good leader needs? Well, I actually usually boil it down to two, but I will try to think of another one. Mm-hmm. I think that communication and initiative are the two most important qualities for a leader. I think that, you know, to lead, of course, you have to be able to communicate, whether that's your vision or just, you know, to align everyone around a common mission. Mm -hmm. And then initiative, you have to be the one who, as soon as something's wrong or something could be done better, you're the one taking the initiative to change that and to fix that. Mm -hmm. So those are two things that I really value. I mean, I think there are so many other qualities of leadership, like, leading by example or, um, you know, just sort of the, the way that you actually interact with the people that you lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, at the end of the day, you know, those are the two things that I value the most and try to strive for as a leader. Well, that's great. Have you ever felt or been in a situation where you're the only woman in the room and uh, you have to speak out and tell me how that was? Yeah, I mean, first of all, all the time. Um, I don't <laughs> usually notice it unless something happens, like, you know, a, a male says something that reminds me of it. So it's not something that I'm always keenly aware of, but there have been so many times in my career where, you know, I've walked in with one of my sales more often than not is a, is a male and is older than me, and it's immediately assumed that I report to him or that I'm in some supporting role to that person, you know, and we have to clarify that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, you know, I'm sure well-intentioned, but just ridiculous things said to me throughout my career. Right. Um, when I was selling to utilities, 
uh, a fellow that actually worked at Oracle and led a similar sales team. He was on the business intelligence side and I was on the utility side. Mm -hmm. He asked me as a woman how I ended up selling to utilities instead of retail. And I couldn't even believe that someone had just asked me that question. You know? Oh my goodness. Um, so, Where was this? Yeah. You know, and again, I think it came from a genuine place of curiosity. And so it's not like I, you know, these things happen all the time. People are surprised to see a woman in the room, especially mm-hmm. in industries that are very traditionally male infrastructure heavy, like telecom utilities and oil and gas. Right. And, um, that's that's just very funny because I would I, I would I would think one would kind of be in shock and then you'd you'd understand oh, okay this came from a place of genuine you know he's he really wants to know. <laughs> well, I, and I think I think it comes from two places. I think it comes from a genuine interest. So it's not like the question has a negative intent, but mm-hmm. I also think it comes from a little bit of a place of ignorance. You know, the idea that a woman couldn't be interested in utilities or you know. Again, a, a more traditionally male industry, I think, comes from a little bit of ignorance. And I have no issue with politely and friendly educating, edu- educating people about the fact that what I'm really interested in and passionate about are these same industries. Right. So uh, what does is, what is a VP of sales at Site Tracker do to keep her mental, her, you know, her strength, her spirituality, her energy... Uh, yeah, and, and a plateau that's not that's all calm. Great question. No, I'm not going to say that I do it perfectly all the time, but you know, I think um, the normal things like exercise and meditation and eating well, sleeping well, those are so important when you know you're you're somebody that um, is leading a team and has a big responsibility. Um, so I try to do my best at keeping all of those things in balance if I can. Um, and doing them as often as possible. I think the other thing is that leadership, sometimes people don't tell you this before you do it, but leadership and management positions can be lonelier positions. When you're on a team of, and you have a lot of peers, you have people that you can kind of vent to and you can talk through things with. Um, I, I, of course, have peers as well that run other teams, but they might not be aware of what's going on on my team. But I certainly can't call up one of my reps and tell them how I'm feeling about one of my other reps or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that the other thing that's really important is having a community and oftentimes with people outside of your workplace mm-hmm. that you can go let off steam with, that you can discuss challenges in the workplace with. So for me, actually, the person that I go to the most often was um, a sales leader that I worked for at Opower. So she was the most incredible boss that I've ever had. And we stay very close friends. And every time I have something, you know, that's really overwhelming or difficult, um, to deal with, uh, in terms of personnel, she's the first person I'm going to bounce something off. And I think that's really healthy because it doesn't end up as gossip or hearsay in the workplace because, you know, she's not actually a member of the team. So that's something that I really encourage. I think that having a network, having mentors and just having people outside of your company that you can rely on for advice and guidance. I think that's really important. Right. And how do you think you're perceived by the people that work with you? Yeah, great question. I would love to really know. Um, and certainly I get feedback sometimes, you know, I think, I think I'm perceived as somebody who, um, you know, really gets in the trenches with my team and really wants to see them be successful. I think I'm more of a cheerleader than somebody who kind of manages. To talk down. I'm sure there's a little bit of both. Um, 
and I think that I'm somebody who's, I don't know, I think on the, the negative side, um, I think people know that I don't have a lot of patience uh, if you're not keeping up. So I think mm-hmm. people know that, you know. They have to keep so, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep up. And, and so I'd say, you know, those are kind of both sides of the coin. I'll go to the ends of the earth to make my team successful, but I. I... Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. You you kind of went. Okay, did I did I cut out for a second? Yeah, you cut out the last kind of two seconds. Oh yeah, I was just saying. I think to, to sort of sum it up, that I think I'm known as someone that'll go to the ends of the earth to help my team, but also somebody who expects you know the rest of the team to keep up and work hard. Yeah. So now that we're talking about your team, what kind of traits do you look in? Are you looking for for people to work for you that you hire? Yeah, and in. Yeah, what what I always look for, and it, it sounds pretty simple, but it's hard to it's hard to uncover in an interview process is really high EQ and IQ. I think to sell today, uh, you've got to be able to walk into a room and understand your customer's business as well as they do, and then propose things that maybe they haven't thought of before. So I think that takes a lot of intellectual horsepower. Um, EQ, you know, I think in sales, of course. Uh, you got to be somebody that people don't mind spending time with. You also have to be able to read a room and understand where you stand. Um, and then finally, hustle. That's the you know the last word that I use, but I think it's got all of those things people talk about today in it: grit, resilience, endurance, hustle, hard work. Um, I look for that. That's not something you can teach. Do you consider yourself a woman that supports other women? Absolutely. Um, yes. And you no, know, I think we all have unconscious biases. So certainly every now and then I might catch myself doing philosophy is that every time you have the opportunity to promote or advance, you know, um, so that's, um, I, I've had a lot of women work for me. I think uh, a lot of folks come to work at Site Tracker uh, because they like that we have a lot of women on the side. Um, and I am incredibly passionate about making sure that they achieve their professional goals and are able to advance. That's, that's great. I love it that we're in a year, I mean, we're, we're in a day and age where women are supporting other women because it used to be not, uh, not, women were not too supportive. Not they, nearly as common. Yeah, it, it yeah, was. Yeah, absolutely. It was, I, th- I think part of the reason I did it too is I have had female bosses who did not did not want to see me advance or did not do anything to help. And so I know what that's like. But then also the woman I mentioned at O'Power State, um, she was the best boss I ever had. And she was a woman who wanted nothing more than to advance. And I think that, you know, that really impacted me. I think, of course, you emulate the leaders you valued the most. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I got a lot of it from her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, th- the other thing that I'll say, though, is that I also find that in the way that I manage the men on my team, I can have an impact on the women in their lives. So, you know, I have male salespeople, and it's very important to me that their jobs don't eclipse their wives at home or that whatever their responsibilities that they're taking on for me don't prevent their wives from also pursuing their own professional aspirations. So, you know, one of of my team members has a one-year-old baby, um, so I've been managing him the entire time since his wife gave birth. She wanted to go back to work six months ago, and he and I had to work out some things to make sure that he could spend the appropriate amount of time at home instead of being on the road all the time so that she could go back to work. And I'd say that's also something that I'm passionate about because I think that, you know, 
bridging this gender gap is going to require both women being able to do more in the workplace, but also men being able to do more at home. Right. And, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that about uh, how you had a bad experience with a woman. And I think when you have a bad experience with a woman boss, it makes you want to help other women when you get to where you're you're going. And, you know, Amy told me that she had a bad experience as well. So um, but do you think that made you be a better mentor now that you're in a position of leadership where you can help other women? I think I, you know, no one's ever asked me that, but I, I think I think it did, and it ha- it happened twice to me early in my career, and I definitely remember just feeling like my career wasn't going to go anywhere at a place like that, you know, that um, I wasn't motivated to work my hardest or to you know take the initiative to make things better under their leadership, and that I would do things differently if mm-hmm. given the chance. So uh, a little bit, let's talk a little bit about fashion. Me and you had kind of a connection with the fashion. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me what are your favorite shoes and more comfortable shoes that you can, you know, be very fashionable and comfy at the same time. I, I am, there's, today there's two or three brands you would find in my closet, at least for work shoes. And those are Jimmy Choo's, Aquazura's, and now I'm, Melon, who was one of the founders of Jimmy Choo. Oh, wow. But, um, you know, all of that might sound a little bit bougie, but to be honest, I have really skinny ankles and really wide ends my feet, and those are the only brands that can accommodate the wide parts of my foot comfortably. So, um, you know, I, I live in three inches or less heels, mm-hmm. but they are all those brands most comfortable. Well, I, I think that's fabulous that you have great brands. <laughs> if you can, you know, if they're comfy and those are the ones you like, go for it. I think those are great. Um, yeah, also. absolutely. I mean, on the flip side, you will never see me in a Louboutin because those are the most uncomfortable shoes I've ever I, put on my feet. I think the same thing, you know. Everybody's like, every time yeah. I see the red, uh, the red sole, I'm like, oh, dang, she must be very uncomfortable. <laughs> Totally, totally. I'm like, oh, that's awful. You know, that happened to me with a pair of Manolo Blahniks, too. I was like, oh, my goodness, they're so, so beautiful, but they're so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're those shoes where if you can only wear them from the cab to the restaurant and back, you know, they're just not... not something you really want to invest in. It's I always see Anna Winter in the in the front row, and I'm you know she wears these beautiful shoes, and I'm just like, well, she's she uh, she walks like a little bit, and then she's in the front row of a fashion show, and that's all she does. <laughs> really, I don't think she's right, in those right. shoes twenty four seven. But um, what are right. your? Do you have any hobbies that you do? Uh, I ski, um, and that's one of my favorite things to do. I actually started, but it hasn't really gotten off. Of- Found a um, like a fashion. Uh, it's actually a ski onesie, so ski one piece line. Oh, um, we we started trying to bring it to market last winter, but we didn't get it out quite on time. And now I'm very busy, so I don't know if we're going to get all the way to fruition. But I love skiing. That's my favorite thing to do in the winters. And then I have a rescue dog whose name's Winston, um, and I would say he's my other hobby. I just love you know, taking him for walks, taking him for hikes, uh, and spending time with him. Oh, that's awesome. I have my little martini too. And he's just, I love him. Yeah. He's, he's my main man. He's yeah. my main squeeze. <laughs> I, I hear you. Yeah. Dogs are the best. At the end of the day, you know, you can count on them to give you love 24 seven. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I heard somebody describe it once is that your dog will never betray you. Exactly. I think that is part of why we love them so much. Yes. Um, Are you an avid reader? Um, I am, you know, I definitely go through phases where I have time and I don't, but um, I love reading and I always have something that I'm reading. Right now I'm actually reading Shoe Dog, which is still nice biography. I think it's an autobiography. Whose um, biography? About the, you know, the Nike story. Phil Knight, he's okay. the creator of Nike. Um, oh, and awesome. Did you see that the stocks went up today? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, they shot through the roof today. So apparently oh. he did something right when he picked uh, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> I just read about that right before we, um, we, we got on the podcast. And um, do you, mm-hmm. are you, do you, do you, know what's going on do you know are you about pop culture do you do you watch the news what channel what news channel do you watch you know um I actually I read the skim every morning are you familiar with that the daily skim no no it's actually it's a it's a news email subscription and it's written by women for women lots of men read it now too but it's sort of a, a pithy little email that comes out every morning and tells you everything that you need to know about world events, you know, sports, pop culture, just any big, big events. And they, you so they sort of recap the previous day. So that's something I've been reading for years. Um, and, you know, it's kind of the main way that I make sure I get the news every day. Well, I'm definitely going to go and subscribe to it now that you just talked about it, especially uh, uh, I highly recommend done it. by women for women. Wow. That's amazing. I bet a lot of guys are subscribed yeah. to it because a lot of guys get, gotta get with the program. <laughs> Yeah, totally. No, no. Now that I started telling people about it and, you know, I, the CEO the, of O-Power, who is a man and, you know, a bunch of other people are now subscribed to it, too. It's funny because all my friends read the same news from the same source now. So, you know, when we get into work or whatever, we're always talking about what we read in the skim. But that's nice, you know. That's um, awesome. It's a, yeah, it's a... Yeah, very, it's better. Very it's better than you know. I, I guess you know another news outlet. I guess it's it's so many new ways of even consuming news is um, is happening now. I mean, I love Democracy Now, and that's online with Amy. I think it's yeah. I forget her last name, but um, that's amazing. Thanks for that little tidbit. I'm gonna definitely gonna subscribe to them. And I wanted to know what music do you listen to? What do you have on your car? Like, what were you listening today when you were going to get? I called. I called her today when she was in the middle of her move, and she's like, "I gotta go. I'm doing something." So, yeah. what music were you listening to in that moment? You know, I I love the top forty, so it's not you know I'm not I'm not going to be able to share anything obscure off the beaten path with you there, but um, get a big kick out of Cardi B these days. I like her both for her you know what she stands for, and I love the music. So, right, um, she's I'm great. A little bit of that these days. She's great. Yeah. Um, oh, and I I just adopted a penguin, or one of my friends adopted a penguin for me for my birthday. Like I don't have it, but uh-huh. you know it's like protected, and I made. Oh, that's awesome! So you're you you kind yeah. of you're, you you adopt it by by um he they paid something and then you you take care of it. That's and they send you pictures and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! I've done that with dogs. You know, they send me pictures of a yeah. It's, I, I didn't get a specific penguin, but they showed me a bunch, and I decided I picked one, and I said that one. Maybe. That is so cute. I love penguins. You know, they're the, yeah. they're the most uh, yeah. loyal creature there is in the world. Oh, I love that. Yeah, they 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 stay with one 
with one mate for the entire their entire lives, which I think right, that's really right. amazing. You know, being animals. But um, totally. <laughs> also, I wanted to ask you: When is your birthday? My birthday was in August. It's August fifteenth, so just passed. Oh, you just passed, and you're you're not a Virgo. Mm-hmm. You're. You're right before. I'm a Leo. You're a Leo. Oh, that's a great sign. Yeah. You're a leader. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's what they say. It always it always resonated pretty well. Yeah. I don't know whether to believe it or not. I believe it when they say something that I like. It. I'm a Virgo, so every time I read something positive, oh yes, okay, yes. When I read something negative, no, I don't think so. <laughs> right. Right. You just pick the ones you like and throw the rest out. Um, yeah, this is a tangent, but I was in an astrophysics class where they talked about how, yeah, I'm going to get off on a tangent here, but the, because the axis of the earth actually changes over time, it, it does something called precessing. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people are actually not born under their actual star sign. I was, and oh, there's wow. also 13 star signs, not 12. Uh-huh. So for me, it seems like it should at least start with some, you know, some accuracy about right where the sun was in the sky relative to your constellation. And I think, you know, I think for the most part that, that, um, horoscopes are, you know, pop culture more than anything. More than based on, you know, I did a, uh, someone from the Kabbalah in LA did my astrological sign and they explained something like that to me. They said, no, that's not your sign. We're going to do your real sign. We're going to go check out where the planets were when you yeah. were born and mm-hmm. at what time you were born. So I could, yeah, um, like a big astrologer. Yeah. That for you. Yeah. It's really interesting that, um, it comes from, you know, the, the, the pop culture of, uh, just reading your, your daily, uh, astrology is, it means actually nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, do you go to move? Okay, do you have a TV in your house? I do. You do. Well, I don't yet. Not in my new apartment, but we we have one in the New York apartment. Okay, I was because uh, a lot of you know young tech people they don't have TVs anymore. They just use everything through their computer. So I was wondering, do you have? Do you are? You, will you be getting cable or do you streamline everything? A uh, little old fashioned, I guess. We are going to be getting cable. The, you know, I know you can do it other ways now, but pretty much the reason I have a TV is to watch HBO shows or maybe a little bit of Showtime. You know. Uh huh. Well, you know, I, you're, it's funny you say that because I don't, I don't have a TV, but uh, every time um, the um, Game of Thrones comes rolling around, I pay for my subscription to HBO so I can watch my, you know, Game of Thrones, which I think is a, yeah, right. a really well-made show that I absolutely love. And yeah, I love, the I, love I love Game of Thrones. Isn't it totally. just wonderful? That's probably my favorite, too. So I'm going to have to do yeah. it next year, 2019, when the, 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 the next, uh, the, the last episode. Yeah, the yeah. finale is coming. <laughs> so I'm super excited about that. And also there's a new show coming on Showtime, now that you mention it. That is uh, Jim Carrey's new show. Have you heard of it? Sorry, whose show? Jim Carrey. He's doing a Showtime. Oh, He's doing... uh, I, I did just see a preview for it, but yeah, no, I, I haven't looked it up. With uh, the, the Michel Gondry, which was the, the director of the, um, of the movie he did with the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which I actually mm. I love very much the movie, and I love the 
the director, but now that you say Showtime, I'm, I was interested in maybe getting a subscription just to see that. But I do have Netflix, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's been such a pleasure. Did you end up getting the, the fanny pack that I told you about? Yes, I have it. Uh, oh. I've not worn it yet. I'm having a little bit of trouble figuring out the belt, but um, it's also just been, you know, I think because it's black, it'll be better with a lot of my fall wardrobe, but yes, I have it. Um, excited to wear it soon. Was um, it? Yeah, and, and I've also really enjoyed enjoyed this chat. I appreciate you asking me to do this. Um, what, just, I don't, I, I know you're probably still recording. Do you want me to wait to ask? Yes. Um, uh, well, you know, you can ask me. You can ask me on. You can ask me on on, on the on, on the podcast. Yeah, I was just curious um, how I'm able to listen to this. I would love for you to send me the info. So oh, I can, I'll send you I the uh, I'll send you the info. Direct. It's on a Perez World awesome. on SoundCloud. But I will I will send you everything. And uh, if you have ten, if you have tender, goodness gracious, look at what I'm thinking of. I just did a, <laughs> a, a I just did a my two podcasts ago. I did a. a, a a podcast on tech and dating, which was really, really interesting because I did a lot of research on it and it's just, it was really fun. And, uh, all the things that came out, it's a, it's a billions and billions of dollars, uh, area, the industry. And it was funny because my sister, she, she, she passed away in 2012, but she met her husband on, I think eHarmony or something like that. And I lived in Panama Mm -hmm. and she opened up a, an account for me and she had me trying to fix me up with somebody. And I'm, I'm in Panama working in politics, and I actually ran for mayor. And I was like, don't put me in there, you know, because back then it was kind of embarrassing. You, you know, it's like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> You're exposing me. Yeah. I, I can get a date on my own. Right. But um, and now it's. Now it's just yeah. normal. It's you know, if you're not on an online dating, you're you're seen upon as a being weird. But anyways, um, right, right. But thank you for 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 being on on the podcast. And I hope that maybe yeah, in the future we can do it again and talk about you know your industry and what's going on and and, and interesting things that Site Tracker's doing and you as a sales. Yeah, person. let's. I would love to. That would be awesome. And I hope you enjoy California now that you're back there. Thanks. Thank you so much, Anna. Yeah, great talking to you, and let's do it again soon. Great talking to you. Bye. Okay, bye.